0: I, 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 yeah Oh, look at
1: the
0: good morning yeah. Good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Irving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. Scheman A. Smith, a.k.a. Flirt Nowitzki, a.k.a. the master of verbal magnificence. What, nigga? You hear me? And on the hotline, the master of verbal magnificence. It's a tongue twister. Say it three times. You feel me?
2: Um, <laughs> I wasn't ready for all that yeah. I was not ready
0: <laughs> listen st- you stay ready so you ain't got to get ready nigga you know what I'm saying so on the hotline hey always,
2: ho. it's your girl Allie Nicole aka your favorite little shit talker aka that bundled up badass I think I'm getting ready to go back to the box braids and I actually want a wig you know what I don't know what I want but I'm gonna be fine though AKA Toximus Prime. AKA Pegasaurus Rex.
1: <laughs> AKA that little baby.
2: Yeah, you know what? I can't say who just won't listen or back to not listening. I never stopped started listening in order to go back to anything. So, you know, we just we're here now. I
0: I just, I just want you to know that I hate you for that for for those for those things it's i don't okay. like you i it's don't okay. like you and i don't know what other people like let you get away with the foolishness that you get away with
2: what's funny calvin as i was just actually having this conversation with another friend of mine and they were like alex like they pointed out they're like alex if somebody handled you in the way that you think it's okay to handle niggas you would want us, rightfully so, to whoop they ass.
0: Fam, I say this to you. I said this you to you before. I said, fam, yeah. if someone hand, handled me, if someone handled me the way you handle niggas, you would be there. So
2: the problem ass. here, here, is, so here lies the issue, okay? And we also know that I lack accountability, so the issue's not me. It's y'all. And let me explain why, okay?
1: The issue here is this. I
2: am not, I'm not that smart, okay? I'm not. I'm very, (laughs) I'm not. I think y'all give me way too much credit. Way too much credit. Because y'all think that everything that I do with these niggas is calculated and like calculated and plotted out from like top to bottom. It's not. And you know what? I don't think smart was the word. I am lazy. I'm inherently fucking lazy. I am not going to do anything I do not want to do. Do not want to do. Cannot make me, cannot pay me to do shit I don't want to do. You just can't. When it comes to men, I apply this logic. I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it. And I, make, and I don't play games about the fact that, of what I will and will not do. I don't even play games about it. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't dress it up. None of that shit. If a man propositions me to do a goddamn thing that I don't want to do, I tell him no. Men are not used to hearing that word very often. Men don't take, you know, it's not that y'all not used to hearing it. Y'all don't take rejection well at all. So you assume that this is a game for me. You don't take me serious. You don't take my no serious. So then you continue to pursue it because you don't take the fact that I was very blunt about the no. I didn't play games with you. It was a straight up fucking no. Y'all don't know how to just accept the no and leave me alone. So you continue to try to reach out. Continue to try to talk. Hold on, Calvin. This is cute. This is. They do. They continue to try to talk. They continue to try to run the game. They continue to do this on their own. This is no invitation of my own. And when the answer is consistently no, I, I'm somehow toxic. Like I'm now. I'm somehow the problem. When my attitude, my 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 attitude, my sentiment, my answer have not changed, you just continue to pursue me. And what's the definition of insanity? Hello,
1: hello. Like
0: this is cute, right? This is real cute, and um, I'm. This is real cute.
1: And do you're, miss- you're you're
0: you're 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 you're, you're, you're omitting a very key part Boy, of Calvin. the story. <laughs> is half the time the thing you're saying no to is like human decency <laughs> for these niggas, <laughs> <legs. You know? laughs> like. Like, like that sounded real, real convincing until you realize what you think for. Calvin. They
2: don't want again. shit. They don't want shit from me. And the past two weeks, and we'll get to the we'll get to these past <laughs> two weeks here in a minute. But like in the past two weeks, if because of what was going on, if you didn't care for me, if you didn't, I mean, if you didn't, after understanding what was going on. And, like, me coming to you and telling you, like, what A plus B was for your girl. Like, it's it's almost like if you didn't reach out, if you didn't ask me if I needed anything, if you didn't check on me at all, given the severity of the situation, my nigga, you're gone. And that, and the realization, and I'm really, really sorry, and we'll get to this later in the episode, but the realization of, like, the fact that I know this, no it, I hate Okay, I'm rambling. Let me back up. I hate the fact that it really takes me a, a, a hard situation, a hard turn or curve in my life to get my attention. I really hate that my ass really bypasses common sense or bypasses warning signs because I just like looking at pretty light. No, bitch, it's a warning sign. Like, why do I have to go through that?
0: This sign would mean something to me.
2: <laughs> exactly. Be. If I could read, this sign would look mad important. Except a bitch can't read. So what difference does it make? And I'm really, really tired. Like I'm, I, you know what I am? I'm sick of my own shit, and I'm sick of the fact that I am sick of my own shit because I didn't have to be sick. There were big flashing warning signs before I got to the place that I was at, and I'm really, really upset that it takes this kind of shit for me to realize the forest or the trees. Specifically, my love life. So yes. There are a couple of people who, like, if you're listening to this, it's too late. There's a direct line for everything, number one. Number two, it is absolutely too late. Now is really not the time to hit me up, if it goes through at all. Like, my phone, my, like, I have over...
0: So, I have I have questions. over
2: 3,000 contacts in my phone, Calvin. I'm probably at maybe 25, 2550. Maybe. I have to look. But I have over 3,000 contacts in my phone.
0: I have... Uh, I have those are gone. Couple things. I have multiple I have multiple questions okay. now. Multiple. First question, why in the blue fuck do you have that many contacts with your phone? Whatever um, one. Why in the blue Some of hell? those
2: came across like some of those came when like um from transferring my phone. I've had the same number for like five years. So no, that's an exaggeration. I've had the same number for maybe about three, four years. Three or four years now.
0: So I've had the same number for much longer. I promise you, I don't have to. But also,
2: to Calvin, like, a lot of these came from different jobs and networking and this, that, and that. Like, a lot of that came from, like, collecting numbers instead of giving mine out and never using it. So deleting phone numbers means Second that I also question. need to, like, go through the text message threads between me and some of these people. Like, you know, and deleting those, too. Because I have over 400 unread messages just because a lot of this shit I just
0: don't read. Another another trait of yours that annoys the absolute shit out of me. Um, but here's my second question. All right. And this one is actually serious. I'm listening. So you liken yourself to be a giver. Right. I do. You feel like you're a giver. Giver of time, money, energy, resources. Well, we knew right? that. And so when you're a Right, I'm following. following. So when we're a giver. You know when it's time for you to take. Oftentimes, you don't ask to take. You don't ask to take. You know what I'm saying. You don't really kind of. You don't really let people know what you need from them because you're so used to giving, and so it's hard because closed mouths don't get fed. Right. You feel me? Yeah. And so if and it, let me finish. And we have to stop thinking everyone is a mind reader and everyone should be able to pick up on i need x y and z because the same situation can produce different needs for different people some people want to be left the fuck alone some people want love and affection when they're going through some shit some people just want you know um just you know help me out financially if you can some people just like look just you know tell me it's gonna be all right like Everybody has different needs for similar situations. Therefore, any guess or any assumption that is made about your needs without you making those needs clear is, is an assumption that can be misconstrued. So I think a lot of times, especially as black people, when we get in these situations, we kind of close up. We, we turn into kind of like turtles and like have this heart out of shells like. Man, fuck all y'all niggas. Like, right, you know, what I'm you know what? I don't need none of you niggas. And, 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 but you failed to realize that you never communicated that you were in need. You assume, you expected people to to kind of see a bad signal or assume that they put x plus y and a equals z is z that they should automatically know what you need to come rushing to your aid. And, and that unfortunately is not the case with a lot of people. I just want to put that out
2: so, there. So you know what? Let's just dive right.
0: As someone who has been that been been in that been in that scenario where I got mad at niggas, you know, not reaching out, not helping me. but then I realized I never told them when I needed. I never told them. I never made it available for niggas to reach out. I kind of just assumed niggas should just hit my wand because you know that's what I thought you were supposed to do. That's just me, though. That's just me. All
2: right. So let's. All right. Let me back up here. Okay. So, you know what? Not even back up. Let's just put it out there, right? I'm ready to talk about it. So, a couple of weeks ago, um, your girl was diagnosed with COVID. I got COVID-19. Um, I was asymptomatic. Um, I chose to handle this extremely privately. The people that needed to be informed because we were in proximity, no. Um, like my family, you know, the friends that I had been around. The people that needed to be safe and careful were well informed, okay? Um. I chose not to put this all over social media because at the, it's for, to me at the end of the day, it's my medical history and the same way y'all don't know, you know, the rest of my medical history. I didn't feel like this was pertinent inspiration for that. Um, also, you know, my coronavirus has killed millions of people and I didn't need the hysteria behind me at that time. Like I needed everything around me to be very still, very peaceful, very quiet. Um, i'm asymptomatic i was asymptomatic um we are as of today corona free i got the results back for my second test we are corona free we are good to go i am which is good which is is good right so let me cut straight to it right the people that i reached out to and told were of course a couple of guys that i was dating at the time um you know you guys you know Calvin us and our friend group my parents all of that from my from from to a couple of people in particular my feelings were hurt not just because i felt like they were not supportive but i don't think they took it i don't think they took me serious and, I, and it hurt my feelings not just because like bro i i just told you given the circumstances given what we're living in a pandemic and i have the virus. like Take me serious. This isn't. A, this isn't a time that I would ever create a laughing matter aspect. that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something I take extremely serious. And I, I because of the, some of the reactions that I got, it made me do some self evaluation. Right? Like, why? Why was that a joke to you? Why am I a joke to you? That's how I took. It. Why am I a joke? To you? And so, I think a lot of times because I I handle. I take life very lightheartedly. I take the lighthearted approach to a lot of things in my life. When I am going through things that require more support, it makes me feel very insecure. Because the last thing that I want is for people to worry about me. I don't want to be something else somebody on I don't want to be something else on somebody else's plate. It's my, you know what I mean? Like, nah, I'm typically the person that takes the brunt of whatever the whatever's going on. I can handle it. I'll eat it. I eat it all the time. And I realized that maybe because I was so lighthearted about this, people didn't feel inclined to check on me because they knew I would be okay. I'm not going to hold you. And I think I kind of tucked this away too. I was petrified. I was scared out of my mind. And it's not that I'm afraid to show fear. I'm afraid for people to worry about me and then that be something else to like, they me being something else for somebody else to worry about. I don't like that. But also, it, it on the, the the adverse effect of that was feeling lonely. Feeling extremely isolated and feeling extremely just like why are why is it that when I'm in pain it's not considered as painful? And it's because maybe I don't take my own trauma as serious as it should. I don't take my own pain or own situation as serious as it could Because I've been making it through. I'm going to continue to make it through. But that doesn't mean that I'm not something worth caring about and being handled gently. That's also another part of it. I'm an extremely aggressive person. I know I am big and vibrant, and my personality, it reflects that. And so being handled softly, because I'm not innately a soft person, being handled softly, people feel like it's optional with me. And it's not. And maybe I should start presenting myself and showing up more soft, or more gentle, and, and handling things easier, or you know, with the severity that they deserve, so that I'll get the attention that I need. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's just things that I've been contemplating about.
1: So, here's here's where we at, right? And so I think for
0: you, I think you have to separate normal trauma and coronavirus because this is new right this is new this is new for everyone this is um and this is something that not only is unexpected but is is going on for longer than most people expected and it's being handled at a national state and you know local level pretty poorly by pretty much everybody so we have to separate that from normal trauma and so (laughs) We're not going to speak about other things that you know. What I'm saying we that we've been through. We're speaking about this, right? Because I think this, this this deserves and needs to be talked about in a separate entity. Would you agree? agree? It's because you know I think different things require different responses. Now we're talking about the coronavirus and we're talking about how the responses for all of that. And first things first, you gotta understand that the coronavirus obviously is, is a very i'm trying to figure out the words but it's a disease that is very like viral it it is very passable it is it's an infectious disease so when you have it you're going to feel alone and alone because medically people can't be around you right does that mean you mean well no it's it's not even
2: that yeah
0: like yeah like
2: Physical proximity. No, but let me let me finish. Wait, let me, physical proximity. Let me finish. Didn't bother me. I just want to. I don't want to cut you off. But that's it. Like physical proximity
0: didn't bother. Let me. And, but here's the next, here's the second part, right? And I think it, I think part of the reason that you may have felt like people weren't showing you the amount of care that they needed was because. People, people had a certain thought process about your movements prior to. And so we, we, we've, and I'm not even, and we're not even talking about the extreme end of things, right? Like if someone who was at that pool party then came or came around and was like, oh, I tested positive for COVID-19 versus someone who was an elder, who stayed in the house, who really, you know, who who didn't do much, tested positive, the reactions would be different because because the amount of risks one took compared to the other and i think unfortunately for you i think that played a part in it, right because let's keep it it, because people have people we have, we have been very open and honest about our interactions during the time frame right me and you me and you me and you and the crew we went out to protest right we was masked up but we went out to protest we went out to our Juneteenth June celebration, you know what I'm saying? And, and it was a block party to the point where we was looking uncomfortable. And, kind of, you know what I'm saying, and, and things of that nature. We talk about, like, the trips that, we have, that we've taken in a time frame. We talk about headed to D.C., headed, headed to Arizona. And I think a lot of that, for a lot of people, could be looked at as high-risk behaviors. And so, how, and so we talk about how when you do high-risk if you understand the risk behind that, right? And I think, for well, I think, when it came down to that diagnosis, a lot of people were like, especially because you are asymptomatic. Like, if I think the reaction for you would have been a lot different if you did have symptoms, if you were sick, if like sick, sick, you know what I mean? I, because I think seeing someone sick incurs a level of sympathy than someone asymptomatic. Would you agree on that?
2: I, I would agree. People have to see it to believe it. So.
0: And so And and so you combine that with combined with everything else, I think a lot of people were just like, well, I mean, like, and so I think that impacted some reactions to you. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, in this case, I don't think it's a, oh, Ali don't take no shit serious, so why should we take her serious? Because I think we, we have seen differing levels of responses to you based off of the trauma that you have suffered. And it sucks that you have had to experience different levels of trauma and different versions of trauma in, you know, in the past 12 months or so. But you've seen people kind of move differently depending on the different amount of trauma. And I think this one, because of all the scenarios and circumstances around it, I think people were kind of just like, you know what? It's a learning lesson. It's a a, a lesson to be learned for her.
2: I don't want the And see, that's the other part about it. Coronavirus is not a punishment for me continuing to live my life. And I think that's the other part that kind of irritates me around the conversation with coronavirus is that nobody has been, you can't, 100% safe is not leaving your house at all. At all. That's not possible for not only just myself, but for the people around me. Now, don't get me wrong. Have I traveled? Yes. Is there a travel advisory? Yes. Have we been, have we participated in some social activities? Yes. Was there advisories behind the social activities that not only myself, but a lot of us participate? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying that. I I don't, I think what kind of frustrates me, and I would feel this way. I felt this way before my diagnosis as I did now. Getting coronavirus is not a punishment for, you know, engaging in risky behaviors. I don't want y'all to be like, that's what the fuck she get from being out here. That's not cool either. You know what I'm saying? If you get it, if you know what the risks are when you participate it's not a let risk. me finish.
0: If you, it's not a punishment, right?
2: right. If you get it, I under, like you know what I'm saying. You handle it responsibly, and you 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 your my prayers and my support is, is going to be with you at this point. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like I don't want people to get the attitude that corona, oh, getting corona is is the you know what I'm saying is a punishment for being out here recklessly. That's not that that, that to me those two don't don't correlate. It's a result of it's a result of of risky behavior because you take you run that risk. You understand the kind of you understand the times that we live in right now. So any activities outside of your home and outside of you know what I'm saying your your immediate family members is risky behavior. All of it is risky behavior. Some more than others, but all of it is risky. You run a risk. That is the result of risk. I don't think people should be wishing because I've seen that too. Wishing coronavirus on people who won't sit the fuck down. I don't think that's cool either.
0: So yeah, like you took some of what I was going to say, right It's not a punishment, but it's a result. It's a, it's a logical result. and if in, for for those who do like a lot of mathematical simulations and equations, right? so they understand that the more you stack certain certain factors on top of each other, the higher the probability becomes. And so, yes, to your, to your point, very few people have com- been 100% in their house since this pandemic started. The reasoning behind that, we could talk about all day. So the government's not paying people to be able to sit in their houses. People still got to make out living wage. People still have to, you know, kind of, stuff is still open. We understand all of that, right? However, the more risky behaviors we stack upon each other, the more the more likely it's going, you know what I'm saying? It's going to happen. It's like playing Russian roulette. It was like you you load one bullet into into the six shooter. You spin that motherfucker enough times, eventually you're going to land on the bullet. You know what I mean? And I think so. I think that's the understanding of it. It's like the more risky behaviors that we, as, as a society, kind of, you know, do, the more likely it is we, we, we catch the shit and we got to hope and pray and roll the dice that we are an asymptomatic carrier, but it doesn't affect us long term. Secondly, I think a lot of the frustration of kind of this coronavirus is twofold. It's some of it is definitely misplaced anger, especially when we talk about people mad at people receiving, you know, extra six hundred dollars in unemployment benefit that is scheduled to expire, um, like end of the month. And yes, yeah, so that's misplaced anger because you should be mad at the people who's not giving you more money. Not the mad, at, not mad at the people who's getting the extra six hundred. Right. right. It's like capitalism, and, and as a whole, will, will the rich trick? the poor, to be mad at the broke. Does that make sense? Right. It was like, we're going to trick the middle class and the working class to be mad at the lower class because we don't want them to turn around and realize it's us. But also, I think a lot of the anger is, this, to be honest, just from reading as as much non-biased information as I could, this virus could be stopped if we... Honestly, just 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 shut everything down. Sat the fuck down, masked up, and stayed apart for like five to six weeks. We could really bring the cases back to zero, and it's a mathematical thing. It's called it. It's called a decay exponent, which pretty much means like it's like a reverse of exponential. So <clears throat> if you do that, the number of cases will drop dramatically. Mm-hmm. We just know, but so every time we see people taking unnecessary risk, right? There are certain risks that are necessary. Like if you need to go into the grocery store, that's necessary. If you have to go into work as an essential worker or someone who is, you know, doesn't, isn't getting an unemployment check or rent, there's, there's necessary, or someone who's like, look, I'm going crazy in here. I need to see a couple friends. I need to see a couple friends. You know, I need to be around some love. There's, there's, there's necessary risk and then there's unnecessary risk. Going to a pool party is an example of unnecessary risk. You feel what I'm saying? Like, going to a packed-ass club right now is, is unnecessary risk. And so I think people get mad at the, the unnecessary risk because there's a 10-to-1 ratio with this coronavirus, for meaning that for every one person who gets it, 10 more will become infected. And so it's like, you're, so if it's one of those things where if it just impacted you, I think a lot of people would be less angry, honestly. But it's one of those things where it's like, you can get it, and then unwittingly passing it on to your grandmother, and then she's sick, for real, for real. Or pass it to your child, he's sick. Pass it to someone unknowingly who did everything right, and then he's fucked up. Because you know, that's, I think, a lot of the anger comes from it. And we have to be understanding of that, because this is some new shit. This is something we have never in our life experienced before. Think of all the shit that our generation the millennials 19 from like 1985 to like 1994 of experience we've had we've had a terror attack we've lived through a trump presidency we saw our first black president we've had this pandemic we have we have two you know recession and another one on the right we've been through so much that we're just frustrated at a lot and so some of it comes out like come on man like really nigga like you can't you you got to be seen right now. You got you got to pull up to this shit, my nigga. Like, really? And you proud, like, you proud of it, too. You you tested for COVID. You tested COVID positive But still went to the pool party because you've got to have a life. Really, my nigga? Like, we, so I, it's a lot of frustration. And I think we have to, we always talk about not taking everything personal. So I think a lot of the frustration isn't personal. It's frustration at the entire fucked up situation that we're in.
2: And you know what? To counter that, I'm not nobody's fucking doormat though. So I hear you. I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, but your frustrations can be, you can be disappointed for whatever reason. And I, and I, don't get me wrong, when I had to like explain to some people that I have been around, I got cussed out a couple of times because they were disappointed. They were like, Alex, you know, you made some unnecessary risk and I'm really, really sorry that this is your situation and I'm definitely going to be here from you. But at the same time, sis, like, You need to do a better job of sitting your ass down. They were like, we understand, we get it. You know what I'm saying? But you don't, some of the moves you're making, you don't have to. So we want to see you slow down because at this point your health is affected. So coming from a place of being upset with me out of a place of love and understanding, I get, and I can eat that. I can take that kind of accountability all day. Calvin, you know the friend group that we have. Accountability is the basis of our friendship. If we can't keep it funky with each other we don't, need to, I don't, we don't need each other. And that's been who we've always been to each other since day one. So that, I can accept. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm not going, what I'm not okay with was exactly what you just said. I'm not your motherfucking doormat. Life has kicked everybody's ass this year in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And shout out to the people that have been able to persevere, be, become creative and innovative, and, and make some shit shake regardless. You get my utmost respect. I, too, am one of those people. But what we're not going to do is be frustrated with the life that you have for yourself right now. Figure out that I'm a part, like, in some way, shape, or form, project those frustrations onto me because you're also disappointed. Those are two totally different scenarios and two totally different things that can be processed out. And they also can be true. You can be disappointed and upset that I got corona and also not make your personal shit about me. I'm not your doormat. This ain't that.
1: I get it, though. Like, listen,
0: sometimes and it's not a doormat and we'll, we'll wrap it up on this. It's not being a doormat. But it's also understanding that sometimes you kind of just got to show nah. up. Nah. And, like, you don't really nef- let, me, let me finish because here's the thing. I've, I have, there's been plenty of times where I haven't been personally responsible for whatever has affected anyone else, but I had to shut the fuck up because I was a representative of what made somebody... That ain't mean.
2: my fucking problem. And I had to
0: shut the fuck up because, you know... We're
2: going to agree to disagree here.
0: But here's the thing. If, if it, because it's not my problem, too, but people have told me to shut the fuck up all the time over shit, but I had no personal investment in, involvement and in it. Nobody, and, and, people, and, people, and nobody... And like, nobody told you... Nobody but yourself... You've told me to shut the fuck up Doug, before. I told you... Ever since I had no personal involvement. I told
2: you because you had no personal... You because you had no up. personal involvement in it, Calvin, it didn't require commentary from you, which is my point. So, shutting the fuck up is appropriate. If you don't have sh- if you don't have no, do- no bones in this fight, not a dog in this fight, why the fuck does your opinion about it matter? It's okay to say, you know what? You it- get- it's okay <clears throat> to say, you know what? I do have feelings about this, but my feelings at this point in time regarding this particular situation are irrelevant and not have a comment about it. I do it all the fucking time, too. The difference is that I don't find a complaint in that this isn't my turn to comment. This does not affect me in the way it affects you or, do, or it does not affect me to the point where it requires my commentary at the fuck at all. Nobody said you're not entitled to your opinion. However, sharing it, the moment that you make your opinion my knowledge, yeah, you, you're entitled to feedback. And if shutting the fuck up is the appropriate response to that, you're going to get told that.
1: And guess what? Sometimes, in this scenario, you may have to shut the fuck up. Nah.
0: And that's not Listen, no. this is, Because here's the thing, just like just like you told me that my you don't have no dog in the fight, you don't have no dog in no in in this fight. When someone else is mad about how the coronavirus, you don't have no being upset
2: how the coronavirus has affected you. You're right. I will shut the fuck up when it comes to that. Projecting those feelings onto me because I had coronavirus, I absolutely have a say in that, and you will get told to shut the fuck up. Being afraid, being upset about the way this virus has affected your life is one projecting those feelings onto me because I too have had Corona, you can suck my dick because now you're making my shit about you and it's not appropriate.
1: We're hey, going to, I guess we just agree to that's disagree. Not, that, that's That's absolutely okay. That's
2: fine. That's a, and guess what, Calvin? I still love you. None the same. We're just not going to agree. <laughs>
0: And that's, listen, I'm okay with that. It's fine. We can, we can move on. Moving it's right okay. on along.
2: Um, Calvin, let's get this out the way on the early side. What's Would you like to explain the sport?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Tag me in. Um, again, we're speaking about kind of cor- coronavirus concerns. And so in Calvin Explains the Sports, uh, sports are attempting to make a return. Um, And trying to manage how to play in the middle of a global pandemic. So first things first, um, the NBA is back, excuse me, the NBA is back. And so they have attempted, they have created what's what's called a bubble in Orlando, Florida, at the wide world of sports complex in uh, Disney World or Disneyland, whatever. You'd be proud. I watched the game. And so pretty much ain't shit else on right now so look uh-uh. at you go look at you P. Valley's go
2: Valley's on we'll get to that later
0: uh, yeah, uh, uh, what's that uh, we'll talk about what's that about later cause I am Any that might be that might be part of the reason I'm on the fence cause me and you don't have the same t- taste in TV shows most times <laughs> if you like something I hate it and, and if I like only something,
2: thing we got along so, about was Game we'll of Thrones
0: <laughs> that's pretty much it um, so they started a bubble And you know So the bubble had 22 out of the 30 teams So pretty much everyone who Could still reasonably say they are in Playoff contention You know invited them to the, to the bubble And so kind of um, you can't leave You know no one gets in no one gets out sort of thing um, You know House players coaches staff To try to Minimize uh, Chances of people getting the virus And so far for the most part it seems to be going well. Um, they had some people who tested positive when they first brought people back, um, and so they have quarantine protocols in place for most people. So it's like you know you quarantine um, most like at least ten days or or until you have two back to back negative tests. Um, and so then, and so so basically, they kind of really eliminated the virus in the bubble. Like they kind of really have you know identified with the people who had who had the virus. They tested them right when they got off a the plane. They quarantine them until they had two negative tests, and they also have protocols. So if you break quarantine for you know, uh, excused absence, um, you and then like a family dying, and then you come back, you have to quarantine for four days. They test you daily while you're away, and and if you have COVID, then you know that that quarantine becomes longer. If you break quarantine for an unexcused absence, such as uh, we had a player who broke quarantine to pick up Postmates, right? He, he crossed the bubble line to pick up some delivery food. And because that was against the rules, he had to go quarantine by himself for like 10 days. Shout out to Lou Will. Um, and then we'll, then we'll get to Lou Will. So <laughs> Lou Will had a death in the family. He had a death in the family. Um, that was a so he he And Lou Will's from, from Atlanta. So he went back to Atlanta, um, you know, for the funeral. After the funeral, um, Will hung is hungry. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the repast food didn't slap. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they- he ran out of funeral fried chicken. How um, does the repast food
2: not slap? Repast food is up there with baby shower food, bro.
0: I I don't know, but you know, because I was not there, so I can't I can't sleep repast before. food However, slap Louie. Listen, they, 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 season, they season the chicken with tears of the family. Um, that wasn't um, supposed to be funny. Bro. Anyways. Anyway. I'm hell! hell. Um,
1: they, so, anyway, Vua was hungry after the funeral.
0: So, he, you know, decided to go to Magic City. To pick up food because Magic City Wings and, st- and strip club food is top tier. Tony, black strip club food is top
2: Magic tier. Magic City Wings and are top so tier. To-
0: and so you went up tier. And so he went to pick up, you know, with 10 piece, you know, you know all flats was a surprise. You know, and, and, and Lou Will is so famous in, in Magic City, he has a flavor named after him. <laughs> Lemon pepper barbecue is called the Lou Will Bill. Lemon pepper barbecue. He is that infamous in Magic City, and so while he was picking up some food, you know Magic City is for those who don't know is a strip club, great strip club. He, um, Jack Harlow, white white boy rapper from Louisville, Kentucky. He made What's Poppin', you know, that kind of bat rapper, took the picture of, of, of Lou Will and put it on um, Instagram. Snories, which he captioned, you know, tagging him and everything. While Lou Will is in his NBA mandated face masks that he got in the bubble. NBA found out about this. Jack Carlo tried to delete the post and say it was an old photo because he just misses Lou Will. However, Lou Will had the mask mm-hmm. that he got in the bubble in the photo. Mm-hmm. And so now Lou Will is forced to quarantine for 10 days instead of before for an excused absence because he went to pick up food in Magic City. I will say this. Magic City needs to cut Lou Will's bill a check. Because check. this is the most I've heard this is the most I've heard discussion about Magic City since Diamond.
1: Okay!
0: Um. And honestly, whenever quarantine is, you know, whenever it's safe again to kind of really, you know, travel I'm going to go to a, Atlanta I'm going to go to Magic City and I'm going to order some and I'm going to order a Lou Will Lemon Pepper Barbecue Wings. Because I feel like if 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 those wings are so good that you risk your health, livelihood, and championship hopes because Lou Will is on the Clippers who is a title favorite, right? Like they are one of the three teams that is like really could win this entire thing. If you risk all of that for the Wings, my nigga, I know for a fact them Wings must be made by some grandmamas and some uncles with missing teeth. Whoever
2: is in that and kitchen I personally listen, whoever is in that kitchen is,
0: ble- is blessed by the hand of God.
2: Walks on the back of his slippers. Okay. Whoever you is in me? that kitchen
0: and who is in that kitchen has two felonies is one strike away from going home from going going Baby, whoever
2: is in that kitchen has a do-rag with a black and mild tie. In, okay. I need to know.
0: The filter the tip. Filter huh? tip. The, the, the filter tip. And he might have a shooting sleeve. <laughs> we don't know. He might have one of them. Lo- you feel me? Just like, just the case. So that is the NBA, right? And so in contrast, you have Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball decided to not do the bubble because they get a lot of their money from local TV contracts and local advertising. So they just decided, look, y'all play in your own stadiums. Y'all travel, you know, to and from each other stadiums. We'll try to make it geographically sound, so you kind of play only the teams around you, um, and we'll play with no fans. And so they did all of that. And so we are one week into the season, and a team, the Miami Marlins, which isn't a good team, it's kind of like the Latoya Luck and the teams that they were talking about. Bestie child, um, It's for I am Sasha Pierce, the baseball team. Wow, it makes sense,
2: Calvin
1: trash. We're talking,
0: talking absolutely shit. Um, they have, I think at last count, 20 players uh, who are diagnosed with COVID-19. Mind you, their team is 30 players. Yikes! So like, t- so like two-thirds of the team right now have COVID. And so they have canceled all games to, up until Sunday for the team. They like you niggas ain't playing until like next week. They've moved some stuff around. They had, they had to cancel because they played the Phillies, and so the Phillies, they, all the Philly players got to kind of get tested and quarantine and sit the fuck down for a minute. Um, so it's really causing a lot of hecticness in um, baseball because the problem is they're getting their results like two days later. So they will test somebody on like Sunday, Sunday before Sunday afternoon. Them niggas will play Sunday night practice with the team Monday, play Monday, and then get the test like Tuesday. And so by the time you realize you're positive, you've already interacted with niggas for two straight days when you should have been sitting you at the home. Right. I mean, like the problem with the coronavirus is like it incubates for like up to two to 14 days where you have the shit, but you don't know you have the shit. So it's like, that's when it kind of passes, you know, but you know what I'm saying? That's when niggas get it to most because you don't know you have it. So you don't need to know, you don't know that you need to be sitting the fuck down. So you're out moving like normal and you give it to somebody else. That's why this whole thing is really real sick. Um, and so it's really causing a lot of havoc, you know, and, and this is a week into the baseball season. This baseball season is supposed to go until like late October, early November. We are in July and this shit looking shaky. So now that brings us to the NFL, the NFL right now is trying to play more. So like MLB kind of have everybody in their own stadiums versus NBA, where they kind of put everybody in the bubble. A lot of players, a lot of well-known players, have opted out. We're talking like all stars, pro bowlers, niggas making a lot of money, name brand type niggas are opting out because it doesn't seem safe. Um, so that's going on. And before before we tag out on the sports, shout out to Kyrie Irving. Um, I have mixed feelings about Kyrie Irving, but Kyrie Irving has um, pledged one point five million dollars. Um, to the WNBA players who choose to sit out the new season because of either coronavirus concerns or social justice concerns. Basically, if you don't want to play, you're forfeiting your salary. So Kyrie Irving will you know, is, is saying he'll donate $1.5 to kind of help cover your salary while you sit out. So shout out to you Kyrie You know Irving. shout
2: out to Kyrie Irving. He's a piece of shit as a person, but that was okay. Also, I really want to talk about how the WNBA... Well, wait, what did Kyrie do? I've just never been. I've just creative. never been a fan of him. Just, just, I have my reasons and we'll leave it there. But I've just never, not me personally, but like, he used to date a couple homegirls of mine and it's just typical pro-athlete shit. Does that make sense? How come I've never known this? I've never known, but he, like, we could have No. Kids. Why didn't we think of this before? No, 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 honey. Those are, when I tell you, because you haven't met these friends as well, so that lets you know how close I am to these women. Like, we're, you know, I, I use friend very loosely. Um, but, yeah.
0: I, Acquaintances, yeah. associates. Yep. I know two
2: women that he used to date.
0: Home girls you kiki with on a time. Yeah, home.
2: like, I've met, like, you know what I'm saying? We said, oh, yeah, girl, you know, I'm going to the game, I'm going to the game. Enjoy, girl. You want to come? No, because I don't trust. You. You're good. I'm not type situation. You know what I'm saying? I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust the situation enough for me to go stick my toes in that water. This is the one time my ass had sin. So, nah, that's a different ball game, girl. So, I was just like, you know, I didn't like the way that they got handled in a couple of those situations, left a sour taste in my mouth. Couple, same thing the way I feel about some of y'all Reds and, and Bengals players here in the city. I know a couple, how y'all handled a couple of the homies, and I'm cool. I, I'm cool. So, you know, but you know, there is something to be said about how the WNBA is constantly on the forefront of social justice and change. Constantly. But because of the WNBA, we can debate about that all day. You know, it doesn't get the notoriety that I really feel like it deserves. And knowing that how underpaid. Well, part
0: of it knowing is. Knowing how
2: underpaid.
0: A lot of them are, you know, they're, they're, they have intersectionality, right? So a lot of them aren't just women they're are black women or are queer women or they're black queer women. You know what I'm saying? So like it affects them in a way. And I always show love to them on that, on the social change, on the social justice piece. Like they they kind of really they set us they set a standard. And I I will definitely no shade, no cap, they set a standard. Now the underpaid part of it, that's something that because cause they lose money. You and I can... Like, they lose $20 million.
2: Like I said, you and I can debate about it all day, literally all day, all night, if we want to. But and that wasn't my point here, so I didn't even want to, like, travel down that road for real. I just wanted to point out the fact that there is something to be said about how constant women are on the forefront when it comes to social justice and change, including our female athletes. So, shout-out to those ladies. I've always been a huge supporter of the WNBA. I'm not a supporter of sports. Like, we know how I feel about the sports. It's not even that I'm not a supporter. I'm uninterested. But these are women. And these are women that I see myself in, regardless of whatever their profession or my profession is. So I'm just, again, shout out to those ladies. Like,
1: absolutely. Um, moving on. Um,
2: I guess this is where we get into the trauma part of today. Um, Megan took to, So, given the circumstances behind Megan Thee Stallion, I, of course, you and I touched on this last week. Um, she, she came on IG Live to kind of express, you know, say hey, say what's up to her fans, kind of give a little bit more details about what's going on with her um, in her mental space. And be honest with you, I cried watching that. So my focus on it was just very. I was I was there, but my heart it hurt to watch. You know what
1: I'm saying. I, she's
2: traumatized and it's been a hell of a year for Megan, a hell of a year for Megan in both great ways and both very, very traumatic. Ways. And in that video, it just, it hurts seeing somebody that I love so much be so hurt and be hurt in the way that she was and to watch people, you know, not take her pain as the, like, Seeing that there were people, let me say it like that, because I really feel like the majority of people on my timeline, and I'm pretty sure on yours too, Calvin, were very empathetic and like heartfelt. Because Megan is a fave of ours. Like we, it's not just about the fact that we love her for what she produces, but Megan, when she opens her mouth and she speaks to us, we feel her. Like we love us some authentic ass Megan. So seeing somebody that we love that way, with her authenticity and with her, you know what I'm saying being such a neutral party and showing genuine love to everybody. You don't hear Megan being beefed out with anybody. Go through what she's going through and the way that she was received by some hurt, like that's hurtful. So, you know, um, Calvin, what did you watch her, her, um, her live?
0: Um, I didn't watch, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I, I kind of saw bits and pieces of it. Um, my thoughts are as follows, right? My thoughts are this: Hey, um, I wish she didn't feel obligated to grieve in public. Right. I think that's the first thing. I think, I think um, we we become so invested in these celebrities' lives, and and we think that we know them when we don't. We know we know, like you say all the time. We don't know them. We know what they produce, right? right? I wish I wish she didn't feel obligated to grieve in public. I w- honestly like if she had just stayed radio silent. Like like I said last week. I'm all in favor of her staying radio to fucking silent until she feels like she's good already. and ready. Seeing, and seeing her kind of like fight back tears and all that, like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't something I necessarily wanted to see. And it's not necessarily like like I was mad at her for doing it. It's just like it didn't, I didn't. I am becoming very much intentional in what I consume and, and how it affects me. Right. And I know me seeing her kind of like fight back tears is not something that would impact me. In a positive way. Um, secondly, secondly, I think uh, you touched on it, and I'm glad you touched on it. There is something that we talk about this all the time. I, I call it the loud minority. right? And because it, and it's, a, it's a two-fold thing. A, it's a loud, it's, there's, there's, it's multifold actually. There's people who enjoy saying negative things on the internet because they enjoy the reaction that comes with it. Trolls. They do this shit on purpose. They don't even necessarily mean half the shit they say. They are doing it just to garner reaction, and it works. Secondly, it's a, it's a we always tend to focus on the negative in society. And if it's if it's ten niggas saying one positive shit and one nigga saying negative shit, we tend to focus on the one person saying negative shit because that's just how our society has worked. And third, social media, Twitter especially, is is an echo chamber, meaning that. A small subset of people can have an opinion, but because it will constantly be retweeted, quote tweeted, replied to, remix, flipped, sh- upside down, chopped and screwed, we will think that's the majority timeline on the, the majority opinion on the timeline, and it's not. I have to, re- I have to remind that. Of. I have to remind myself of right. this a lot because you think, oh my, oh my god, like goddamn, like, and it's really like it's it's, it's a couple people there's a couple of trolls, there's a couple people who are just doing any, anything for clout, anything for jokes, that are saying these negative and harmful things, and they get their voices amplified and, and echoed because we all start attacking that person. So you see the same tweet, quote tweeted and retweeted like 25 times, and you're like what the fuck, when you realize it's one person saying the same shit, same shit 25 times. Right. You feel me? Um, and also, and I think this will transition to your, into your next point, a couple, I have a couple more points before we transition in, into, like, the apologies, right? You know what? In the situation. Because I was just
2: about to say, you can go in, ahead.
0: In, 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 what, in, in the situation, there is still a lot that we don't know. And we're running off of what TMZ sources and Page Six sources and alleged unnamed sources are saying. Because, keep it a buck. Megan hasn't said a lot about this. She's just said that she's been, she was a victim, and she was shot. She, 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 she hasn't given details. She have not done, you know, and that's her right because again, if she doesn't want to share that. She doesn't have to. So I'm not, again, be clear. I'm not saying that Megan is wrong for sh- for sharing how little that she shared. People also expect Tori to say something. And as someone who knows plenty of legal people, ain't no way in hell someone who is in the midst of an ongoing investigation is gonna speak about any of this shit publicly. Like, it's not... His legal team would be fired if they let that man right. go on IG Live and quote-unquote explain himself. So I want people to stop expecting Tory to speak. I want people to stop using his silence to mean anything else besides his legal team probably advise that nigga to shut the fuck up and go radio silent until... October 13th, which is when he's scheduled to appear in court. And third, I've looked through every reputable source i found. He has not technically been charged with anything besides the unlawful carrying of a file.
2: Yeah, that was
0: all of the sources that say, all of the sources that say, like, oh, he's about to be charged with aggravated, there's none, there's, none of that shit has been confirmed.
2: Megan herself so hasn't for me. Said he- Nobody has said that. So I don't know where people are pulling facts it's
0: out of pe- their ass. Because in, in, in the timeline, you know how it is. It's, it's, it's guilty and proven innocent. And it's like, how outlandish can we make these takes? And again, I'm not shooting Tory no bail here, no pun intended. Like, I'm not putting my cape on for Tory. You know what I'm saying? It's, it seems very likely that he is the, the perpetrator in this. But I move off facts. Not the opinions of Twitter niggas. <laughs> so until facts come out, until October thirteenth, when he is scheduled to appear for the unlawful firearm charge, or until either one of them actually gives us a story of what happens that night, or like video comes out of what happens that night, mm-hmm. I'm personally tired. I'm 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 tired of hearing about this story because we're just spewing the same bullshit that we've been spewing since it first came out. I want Meg. Person, I think personally, I, I hope that Megan is around genuine love. Genuine love and genuine support by our day one niggas and our day one chicks. And I hope Megan is seeing a professional because she has been through a lot in, in before she got to 25. We're talking both of her parents have died. We both know, me and you, how tight we are for our family. I couldn't imagine losing my mom and my dad, you know what I'm saying, before 25. You have, you know what I'm saying, those stuff issues that she with a record label, you know what I'm saying, then you you have this, you have like her grandmother passing, and then you have all of that in a normal 25-year-old life crisis. And oh, by the way, you're one of the biggest rap stars in in the world right now.
2: You know what I mean? So it's a lot
0: to handle. And so I think, I hope that Meg is is getting professional advice, seeking a therapist, seeking professional help, surrounded by a lot of love, I, want, I still want her to kind of just turn off her phone sometimes. I don't you know I mean? like, her to go
2: on you don't need I want to, her to go on Do Not Disturb.
0: You, you don't, don't have any... You don't need to read all the comments. You know what I'm saying? You don't have an obligation. You else, don't owe a shit. Right? For anything.
2: And I think that's the other part when we talk about...
0: And, uh, sorry, go ahead, Calvin. And also, and I'll, I'll transition, people, Megan, people in general, aren't required to accept your apologies. They're not, you know what I'm saying? You can make them. You can make them. But they are not required to accept them. Um, so, for example, did we talk about Drea last week? Hold on.
2: Because I'm, I'm going to touch on Drea here in a second
0: before you. Did we, t- we did not
2: touch on Drea.
0: But did, I don't think we talked about Because Drea.
2: I've okay. been avoiding talking about Drea. But now we have to talk about Drea. And to be honest with you, I'm fucking annoyed. And before you, before we transition to Drea, because... There's there's a lot to be said about that one. That one right there. Because I was rooting for her. Anyway, so for Megan, and I think you touched on this. Like, I'm glad that, again, this is something I'm really glad that you brought up. I don't want Megan to grieve in public either. I don't think anybody should have to grieve in public. And I want us as consumers to realize that these celebrities, we know what they produce. We don't know these people as people. And I'm really tired of, of... Every time something traumatic happens to a, a celebrity or a person, we as the public appoint to put into spotlight because that's what celebrity is. Um, we feel like we're we're owed something when they go through these kind of things that should be and normally would be handled privately. We don't owe these people owe us nothing, and it it takes me all the way back to you know Vanessa Bryant who continues to share her her to share Kobe with us. She does not have to do that. Even Lauren London, who continues to share Nipsey with us, she does not have to do that. They continue to share these people with us because they know and understand who they were to us. But these are pain. This is actual factual pain. And we're not entitled to any processes of it. But they continue to give it to us. And I can only imagine how exhausting that shit could be. I know that when I go through my traumatic shit, I don't want to give, I don't want to talk. I don't want to give the world anything. I don't have it to give to myself, let alone the public. <laughs> Excuse me. Let alone millions of people.
1: I don't. Nah. That, that,
2: that, it just does not sit well with me. They don't owe us anything. And we as consumers need to stop demanding from them as well. And learn to give people the space to process. Like like you said, I, didn't watch, I stopped watching Megan's live when she got choked up. Nah, bro, I can't do this. This feels invasive. Even if she's giving it to me, it still feels
0: invasive. I don't. I, I can't. Just because someone gives it to you doesn't mean you exactly. have to accept it. You know what I mean, like we we turned down. You know what I mean? We turn down right. shit all the time. And so, um, again, you're not required. You're not required to accept people's apologies either. You know what I'm saying? So I think again, we talk about the the, the loud minority. Um, I know, uh, Fifty posted a couple memes, and you know, people. Rightfully got on him, and then he he um I think earlier today or like it late today, yesterday yeah. I don't um posted an apology. You know what I'm saying and saying um like I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying that you that that I was insensitive. I thought you were straight. I didn't know that it was that serious. So if I did, I wouldn't have made jokes about it. And you know what I'm saying hope you accept my apology. And then I think he ended with like a shrug emoji. And so I have I have conflicting feelings.
2: Okay. Right? Let's get into one, it, because I think me and you can argue.
1: One, one,
0: the fact that 50 don't apologize for shit, you feel I me? Mean? Like, he don't apologize for nothing he said. He has is, he is not apologized for, you know what I'm saying, like, pretty much anything he said in his entire career. And so for him to apologize... You know what I'm saying? However, we take the apologies is we could talk, we we probably will, will talk about, but like for him to apologize at all was surprising. I was like, oh shit, like, like damn, 50 apologizing it, it, it's like seeing snow in July. It's like I ain't ever expected to think that. You know what I'm saying? Think that's gonna happen. But also, Megan is not required to accept 50's apology. You know what I'm saying? It's like she, you know what I'm saying, you can't unring a bell. You can't, you know, take, you could take back what you said, but nigga, you still said it. I still read it. I still saw it. I still heard it. So she's not required. Um, I think it's one of those, I think because 50 doesn't apologize ever, I don't think he's good at apologies. And so when I read it, I was To like, me, that
2: didn't, that didn't sound like mean, an apology.
0: If it, 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 to me. I, well, again, yeah, we, we, we're, we get into murky areas when we start trying to, you know, critique apologies that we didn't write. You know what I mean? But again, I can't argue for anyone who doesn't who doesn't feel like that apology is quote unquote good enough. I can't I'm not gonna argue niggas who I'm not gonna argue with you. I'm not gonna argue anybody who thinks that's the case. I know I'm surprised to see 50 even attempt an apology. I don't that nigga's never apologized. his niggas and apologize to nobody for every, anything. Ever. You know what I mean? So it's like it was shocking to see that. But also, you know, no one's, no one's obligated or required to accept your apology. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want niggas to accept your apology, don't do this shit in the first place.
2: That's. That's... Okay. So, the other part about it is, when I read 50 Cent's apology, it was very much so, like, it sounded like my bad for not taking your pain serious. 50 Cent? 50 Cent. Sorry. (laughs) 50 Cent, y'all, I'm battling a toothache, so bear with me. 50 Cent got shot nine times. Made a career, Like, his album popped off, like, because we started getting notoriety and understanding who 50 Cent was. Because, oh shit, the nigga survived nine shots, nine shots. You know exactly what bullets feel like, my nigga. So, making a joke out of the fact that somebody got shot from 50 Cent, don't hit with me. It does not sit well with me. At all. It does not. I'm not feeling. He got shot nine times. Of anybody who understands what bullets feel like, my nigga 50 Cent does. So making a joke out of Megan because everybody else was, was still wildly inappropriate for a nigga who experienced a gunshot. At some point, enough is enough. And 50 Cent has notoriously mishandled well, everybody, but more specific I've seen a multitude of times of 50 Cent mishandling situations that should be handled with sensitivity. Like, at some point, it can't just be, oh, that's just the way this nigga is. At some point, we got to say enough is enough with this. Enough is enough. Speaking of enough is enough, Talib Kweli, would you, would, you, would you like to? Because I don't have the answer for that one.
0: Are we skipping Drea? If we We're are, gonna let look, me know. You
2: know what? Let's talk about Please. Drea. But enough is enough with Talib Kweli.
0: Because I, it's hard to loop back from Drea from Talib, so I was like, no, how do no, you want to play no. this? We can talk about um, Drea. It's know. fine. <laughs> you know. So, uh, Drea was on a mm-hmm. podcast. The, the podcast name, I don't know. I don't know the podcast name. I'm sorry. For someone who does podcasts, I am woefully under research on other podcasts. I, I don't be—I be, I be listening to my favorites to and going be, about
2: it. To be, so to be quite a- fair. Anybody who wants to actually listen to Drea talk um, can't be... Never mind. Never mind. Listen.
0: Never mind. Drea, listen, Drea, Drea if, if we had a remote control, like, remember <laughs> when we clicked? Where you could just... Mute? Drea, Drea would always be on mute. You feel me? But you know what so I'm saying? Like, So Drea was on, and, you know, they were talking about the incident, and Drea said, like, you know what I think? I think it sounds like some Bobby and Whitney shit, you know what I mean? It sounds like they was in a passionate argument, you know what I'm saying, and being like, he shot her, and you know what? I want somebody you love me enough to shoot me in the foot, Bitch. you know what I'm like, And then, Ugh. you can, and then you could hear, then you can hear, like, the podcast hosts, which are like, it was black men, all the podcasts, like, whoa, like, nigga, like, what? Like, you bugging, it, like, it was like, and I saw, I saw, I hate false narratives. You know me, I hate, I hate false narratives. And so I saw some shorty was like, it's funny how we give all this energy to Dre, but we don't give energy for the podcast co-signing and shit. I'm like, did you listen to the clip? No one cosigned that shit. Everybody was like, nigga, what? And then I think Van Jones or whoever, who, 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 he was a guest on it, was like, actively was like, Drea, that's not right. He was trying to save Dre from herself, like, I need you to walk that back. I need you to walk that back. Like, you wildin' right now. Walk, like, like, Come on now, help help me help you. And Dre kind of just doubled down. Oh, uh, of course she did. And, and then and then Dre apologized after when she kind of read her mentions on Twitter. She was like, oh, shit. She was like, I didn't really mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, I just want somebody to love me hard. I ain't mean to make light of a situation. I'm sorry, Meg. And Meg was like, nah, fuck that dumb bitch <laughs> joking about bitches getting shot. <laughs> it ain't funny. Like, she just was like, I'm not accepting apology. Like, no, fuck you. Um, And again, Megan's right. You don't have to. You're not obligated to uh, to accept apologies. Um, I just wish. I think Dre has enough evidence right now that she's not smart. She lacks critical thinking skills. She she's she gets mad at her son bringing home homework because she don't understand homework. You have to understand. Dre is the same person who left her child alone in in, in her mansion. For two days with frozen TV dinners while she did, went and did whatever the fuck. You feel me? Like,
1: it's Drea's not smart at all.
0: Instead of I'm not excusing her really terrible, like take, but I'm a realist. You, know, <laughs> you feel me? And I have lowered expectations for certain people. And Drea's one of those people I have.
2: Here's told. the thing about Miss Drea that gets me. And it's going to get me to the end of time. Okay. She is the definition of a pretty cat. Drea is by far an amazing, gorgeous woman. Absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. Drea is fucking fine. Okay. To anybody's standard, to my standard, to your standard. uh, Stand on the, the quintessential pretty scale, she tops it. Okay. She's that girl. I also remember vividly Drea. Hanging out with Megan Stallion. I remember those pictures hitting the internet and niggas literally salivating across my timeline.
0: So I And I, I know we're not talking about Megan's body right now because it's, it feels slightly inappropriate. But
2: Drea! But
0: you is, could tell Megan was a Megan was a grown woman standing next to Drea. That's all I'm going Drea
2: is LA thick. Megan is down south thick, okay?
0: That's Houston, Texas. Fed, you feel me? That That's is Houston,
2: Texas. brisket and cornbread, baby. Okay, Megan is down.
0: Andrea is more avocados, avocados, wheat thick. toast. Okay, she's <laughs> LA
2: thick. Megan is down south thick. Very same, very different thick. Very beautiful women. Okay, we got now that we got the 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 body,
1: beautiful wonderful gowns, gowns, wonderful right. Gowns, right. Now gowns. Now that we got that,
2: gowns. okay. For Drea to make that kind of joke knowing that at some point she had a a kinship or relationship or friendship, something with Megan to the point where, like, y'all photos and kikis and kicking it were hitting the internet. You, how do you make light out of her being hurt? You as a woman, as a woman who had a relationship with this woman, you cool enough to kiki and not cool enough to care, and that's the problem.
0: These niggas... Ain't your fucking friend. I I almost said to be what. These bitches... I'll, I'll say, say it, it for the you, friend. Really These to, bitches ain't you. your
2: motherfucking thank friend. You. And I'm really glad that Megan's starting to realize that these hoes ain't your fucking friend. These bitches are not your motherfucking friend. And they, they, everybody says Hollywood is weird. Everybody says the famous niggas are Honestly, weird, bro. They are
0: weird. There's a Dave Chappelle quote. So there's a JV line, a Drake line, a Dave Chappelle quote, and a Chris Rock quote for about everything in life. Or a sports analogy. For me, like, if I can't explain it in one of those five categories, I just can't explain it. But Dave Chappelle was doing an interview right after he came back to South Africa. He was talking about how, like, Martin Lawrence was, like, the toughest person that he, he knew. Like, when he was recording, you know, they had they did Blue Streak together. He, Martin Lawrence had a stroke. You know what I mean? Like, during yeah. filming. And so Dave checked on him. Dave checked on him. He was like, how you doing? He was like, man, that's the best sleep I've ever gotten. Like, clearly, Martin Lawrence is a tough, tough guy. So, what is going on in Hollywood that Martin Lawrence is walking around naked with a gun saying we're trying to Oh! Kill? What's going on in Hollywood that Dave Chappelle has to, travel, has to run to South Africa? What's going on in Hollywood that Mariah Carey, who's made hundreds of millions of dollars, is on TRL taking her clothes off? Like, something's going on in Hollywood that is fucking niggas up. Like, we... Like, Dude, you know what I mean? Know like, what's crazy? You know what I'm saying? We not gonna mention... My bad. We're not going to mention that, that guy who's running for president, but, like, something's going on in Hollywood that's fucking... We're biggest, not going to uh, talk
2: about the fact that Martin Lawrence also, in his stand-up comedy, run, Tell that talked about that incident and talked about how fucked up Hollywood, at that point in his life, had gotten him. He was just like, he was hot. He had a heat stroke, stroked out, and ended up in the hospital. And he said, and he talked about it, like you said, in his stand-up. That was the first time he had had peace. It took him having a stroke to find peace because people finally left him the fuck alone. What the fuck is going on in them Hollywood heels, y'all? And do we really, really yeah. want to know? I don't think I do. Look, I think I'm cool.
0: Because I'm afraid... I'm a, I, listen, I just finished a, a, a Netflix show called Person, Person of Interest. Listen, I, and it, it taught me, besides the fact that they're watching and listening to every, every move, it taught me that look, sometimes if you, the questions you ask have deadly answers. It's like, do you want to know some shit or do you want to stay alive? And I personally want to stay alive.
2: Personally? They
0: don't give you, they don't give you extra points for being the most knowledgeable debt.
2: Mining your business
0: is still free. It's still free. It's free 99. Mining your business is still absolutely free.
2: And I, for one, enjoy it. I, en- I enjoy. I don't, you know what's crazy? I have this philosophy about my friends. Excuse me, Calvin. You included. What I don't know, I don't need to. What I do know, we'll find. Me. In my life.
1: Side
0: note. You talked about that. We'll, we'll talk about that. Because, like, I, <laughs> it's funny I don't me. need to know. I just think it's funny I, how. You know, I don't. I just think it's funny no, how. Cool. I just think it's funny how, like, there are certain people who have, like, Diddy questions, who have Calvin questions, and who will ask everybody. Yeah. Me these questions. Yes.
2: Do you know how many like, times, Calvin, and I'm I've been like, asked about, like, who Beloved is? I, like And I'm like, depending upon who is asking me, I've had people ask me about, you know what I'm saying, other people in our friend group. I've had, you know what I mean? I've had folks stop me and ask me. And I'm like, if you're asking me, it's because you're not comfortable enough to ask them, which means I can't give you any kind of information, my guy. Because if you know, you know. And if you don't, <laughs> you don't. And not that your girlfriend is a secret. No. But because y'all, y'all not hiding each other, but you guys have a very private relationship. And as your friend, I respect that boundary. It's not my job to publicize. You know, it's not not you guys aren't. You guys are very public. Y'all are also just very private. And if you know, you know.
0: It's it's funny to me, right? It just it's funny. It's funny because it's like there's a, there's a quote, right? It's like don't tell me what niggas tell what don't niggas would don't tell me what niggas say about me. Tell me why they feel comfortable telling you. And because again, very certain people like you can't come to me about certain people, and with with anything, and and not expected to go like immediately to them to the point where you might as well just tell that person. You might as well ask them. And I think what it is is again, it's like it's like that. If you got to ask someone else about my life, that means you're not cool enough with me to ask me, which means it's not none of your fucking business. You feel me? If you got to ask like my friends, my associates, what's going on with me, because you can't, you can't, you don't know how. Or you can't or won't get in touch with me directly to do so, you don't need to know at this point. Man, was, like, you clearly are not You not: What's crazy <laughs> is that if you
2: ask gang. me about Calvin, I know who's gang and who's not. So that's the other part that like, bro, you cannot ask me for information about my friend. I'm not going to tell you. Number one. And number two, I'm going to side. And, and it may not even be me like telling you straight up, I'm not telling you. I will sidestep the fuck out of that question. No.
0: I will, Harlem, I will Harlem shake the fuck out of it, spin move, cross step, euro step. No, nah, because it's like, again, and you know this is a side thing, I, you know, just something you just got to get off your chest. You know what I'm saying? Like a, like a bench press or, you know what I'm saying? Like a bra at the end of the day, you just got to get it off your chest. Um, and it's like, don't ask niggas questions you could ask me. If I, if I want you to know, I will tell you or you will find out otherwise don't ask niggas questions about me that you don't feel comfortable asking me because if you don't feel comfortable asking me we are not close enough i just think it's extremely it is extremely
2: crass it is just extremely and motherfuckers are very tacky yeah just
0: extremely extremely
2: fucking tacky
0: you you know what it is you know what it is niggas haven't been slapped enough
2: no you haven't been popped in the mouth
0: honestly niggas Niggas haven't been slapped in the face enough to understand they can't do certain shit. Cause where I'm from, you know, what I'm saying where I guess how I'm raised. It's not even about where I'm from; it's about how I'm raised. Look, I don't, I am not intentionally nosy. Like I'm one of those things where it's like I won't ask a person's friend them half half the listen half the tea in the mess. I know I I didn't fucking
2: ask for
0: bro. They got volunteered. Or it got
2: accidentally told. I, I'm just it's like, like wait a minute.
0: What's crazy? Or like I was in the I was in the right place at the wrong time and I was like, Or Ooh. you wanna know what's
2: nuts to me? What's nuts to me is people like, telling me things because they assume I already know.
1: That
0: also happens like and then you just gotta play it off like you actually did know instead of being like what?
2: I'd be like, Oh <laughs> Hold on.
0: you're just like damn. Damn! Like that no, means, I. But you I mean, know what? Shit. I mean, what what I, you expect?
2: To be fair, to be completely fair, I have told people that you just told me something I didn't know, so that they kind of like watch your mouth. I don't want to involuntary. Don't get me wrong. Everybody enjoys a little bit of gossip. I'm not above saying that I do. Everybody enjoys no being in the know and having a piece of tea or having information that coveted information that you know is on a need to know basis. Everybody likes that feeling. That's not. That doesn't make you inhumane. How you pass along information that is not your own is what does. And that's what separates you from like being, you know, in the know and continuing to be in the know and being a fucking run your mouth Wendy Williams ass bitch.
0: Listen, shout out. Shout out to I never thought I'd say this word. Say this phrase. Shout out to Kim Jong-un. 2020 is so listen, 2020 is so wild. We forgot that Kim Jong-un faked his own death just to figure out who was talking in the circle. He faked his own death and just to figure out who would leak it to the press. Oh,
2: I can't get away with that shit. Do you
0: understand how crazy that is? You know what I'm saying? Like, like he went to that level of dedication to figure out who the rats were in the circle. You feel me? Like, he's crazy as shit, but I, that I can admire. It's like, look, there's a reason in the know niggas stay in the know because they don't really spread Information that's not bears to other niggas who ain't game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they keep, they, they keep whatever tea they get, whether it's intentional, unintentional, or otherwise, and keep it to themselves. That's why they continue to get more information. Like, it's really simple. I'm just really, I'm just really confused how niggas don't understand simple, like, tactics. And I should be less hopeful. <laughs> These niggas won't even wear masks. How do you think
2: I'm a... How do, how do I expect them niggas to have No, none, none, none. But speaking of which, Calvin, and, you know, as we continue to talk about... coof cooth, <laughs> at all. Um, there, you touched on something, and I really want you to elaborate on it, actually. Um, you said that black men, when it comes to fixing their trauma, they think by becoming rich or successful that that replaces actual healing through trauma. Can you elaborate on that?
0: Oh, absolutely, and it's not my original thought. Like I can't take credit for the original thought. It was a tweet going around, like black men try to, you know, heal trauma by getting rich. So I, 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 I'm recording on my phone, so I can't look up who tweeted it, but it's a tweet, and it hit me. It hit me like a, it hit me like a pound of bricks, bro. I was like, fuck. you know what I'm saying? Because it was like it's real. Because here's what I think. I think the trauma as a black man never goes away. Right. I don't. No matter how, you know, you know what I'm saying? I think no matter where you are in life, you're still feel that weight of being a black man. And it's a, and it's a weight only a black man can carry. The, the, the weight a black woman carries is different. The weight a white person carries is different. The weight, you know what I'm saying? Like a Latina, a Latino carries is different. You feel I me? Mean? Like everyone has different weights. So the weight of a black man, only black men ought to carry. But the thing is, it never goes away. Like I will walk into every room for the rest of my life looked at as a predator, looked at as a villain, looked at as an aggressor by everyone else in the room. Whether it's a white man, white woman, black man, black man, black woman, whoever it is, if they don't know me personally, off the dribble, they're going to look at me as a threat. Some reasons are valid. You know, we talk about, about like, the relationship between black men and black women and the patriarchy and, and and some of the issues there. And a lot of the reasons are invalid. But every, bl- every room I walk into, if I am not personally known by that person in the room, I'll be looked at as a threat. I'll be looked at, oh, like, we got to watch that nigga over there. No matter, no matter if it's a black man, like who them niggas over there? We don't know them niggas. Or if it's a black woman, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, is this nigga going to harm me, make some crazy ass comment to me? Is he going, you know, can he protect me and shit go down? Or if it's a white, white man, this man's trying to take my, and fuck my bitch. Whether well, it's a white woman, I heard her big and strong. He might try to over... You know what I'm saying? Like, all the stereotypes, all the, all the, all the shit that we have been told and shown, I'm always going to be looked at as a threat by people who don't know me. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm always going to be looked at as a threat, I might as well be rich. Because that, there's, there's no remedy. There's no remedy for that. And that's part of the black man trauma. That's part of the, the trauma we, we... Especially in our generation as the millennials. We are being, we are learning how to be black men without a blueprint from, from our right. fathers. For right. Because, like, our fathers were the fathers that were, were systematically destroyed by the crap in the 80s and the mass incarceration. nineties. Right. So, we, you, have, you have a generation of black men who don't know how to be black men because there's no black men to show them how to right. be black men. And this is not a shade or a shot at for black women the single mothers in the community no, that raised us. I'm not you know what I'm saying that... you you did the best you can for right. what you had. I don't... It's just you know what I'm saying so you so you're learning without a blueprint. And anyone who's built something or done something no if you don't have a blueprint it takes longer. So you're so you're already going through that. You're trying to figure that out. You you know then you have all of the other shit that goes on racist racism why, racism wise and your your country and, and how you feel about that. And then you have to kind of look patriarchy in the face and realize how it both negatively affects you. You know what I'm saying? We t- we talk about all the time, like how, you know what I'm saying, you don't take niggas seriously seriously unless they got a bag. You feel me? You don't take you know what I'm saying, if, you know what I'm saying? No people no one hates a broke nigga more than than black people. We hate we hate we hated some broke niggas. And so we take all of that the good, the bad, and ugly, we take, you know what I'm saying, all of that, and it's like, we internalize, and we try to fix it. So you're dealing with a generation of Black men who, who are trying to unlearn the harmful things that we were taught over the course of the last generation. So we're, lear- we're unlearning at our own paces. You feel me? Like we're unlearning, we're trying, you know, we're, we're fucking up. We, at our own, you know what I'm saying, we're fucking up very loudly. We're also trying to unlearn very loudly. And it's like, you know what? All of that's going to still be there, regardless. So I might as well get me some money. But oh, the one thing that we can, the, the one scoreboard that we know we can kind of go to is, is financial. It was like, cool. If I go out and I earn my, and I earn this money, I get this money. I know if everything else is against, against me, I can at least point to this as somewhere where I'm right. It that absolutely does. So th- so that's what it means it's like when I want to say we try to fix Trump by getting rich. Because we're like, you know what? It, it, it's it's going to be shitty being a black man for real, for real. Regardless, I might as well have some money. Would you rather cry in the Nissan or cry in the Phantom?
2: I think that for me, and you're, and you're right. You made a point because broke niggas make me itch. Because it's not, you know what it is? I think that there's something. But also, I'm trying to gather my thoughts because
1: there are a lot of them, right? Black
2: men's association or, or all of us. But I'm going to say black men because that's the topic at hand. I don't want to say black men and my, my thoughts taken as I'm just singling y'all out. It's not the case. We're just specifically talking about black men right now. So that's what I'm focused on. Okay. So I, it's not one of those things. Well, this is all lives matter or all black men matter. This is not. That's not the thing. Like, okay. So let me get that out the way. Let me say that first and foremost. The second portion, well, my my full inactual point is patriarchy is tied to capitalism. The way that we feel like we can get out of our, a lot of trauma that Black men face is also tied to poverty. If we think about national averages and the statistics, right? Poverty is is a symptom of, of capitalism, which is also tied to patriarchy. We understand that. So black men needing or feeling like they need to get out of their way out of trauma, their way out of their the things that they've experienced is through wealth, through, se- through success that is amassing wealth or getting their bands up or getting rich or getting making it out the hood. They assume that because we've made it out the hood, that we've also made it out of the trauma or, that comes with that or made it out of the circumstances when we get up. We get our bands up that the trauma that we endured when we didn't have it like that also is magically cured or that you're healed from it. And you're not. You cannot spend or earn your way out of emotional healing. You cannot do that. You can't even spend your way out of physical healing. If we're being real, the only thing that you can do is actually put in the work to be a better person. There is not a dollar amount that's going to make it all better. Or make it all go away. And I want Black men to, and I know that this is a double edged sword, okay? I want Black men to feel safe. I want Black men to create and have environments that are centered directly for them. And yet, it is selfish, but it's necessary. Whenever Black women, whenever Black women, let me finish my statement, because I know you've run an argument. I have a point. When Black women create spaces directly for Black women and for Black women to have safe spaces, it is exclusionary. It absolutely does exclude people who aren't Black women because that's exactly what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to exclude people. If we're creating spaces that are for us, by us, it excludes people who are not for us or by us. Or us. When Black men create these spaces that are for Black men, by Black men, a lot of times they are hypercriticized because it is exclusionary, but it's supposed to be by design. And I want us as people, specifically black women, to recognize what we do when we over-criticize spaces created for black men, black male healing. It's not productive. We can't say black men need their own spaces and stop taking up the spaces of women. And then when they create them, we criticize the, the existence of the space. That, that can't be. That can't be. If we say Black men deserve mental health, Black men deserve to be cared about, Black men deserve to be spoiled and nurtured, and then when we see it actually happening, we're, we're quick to turn our nose up, or we're quick to judge it, or we're quick to not support it, we need to understand as women that we're harming what we're asking for. You can't, you know, we're smacking Black men. Well, at this point, you, you can't say that I support this, and then when we start taking steps towards what the support actually looks like, you're being counterproductive in that process. I want black men to find themselves peace with peace in whatever ways that that space takes up. Is there going to be some homophobia in their toxic masculinity, all of that shit, misogyny, all of it yet? Because black men are historically those things, but we can't say that we can't create these spaces for these men in order for them to break down those what have the conversation in order to break that down. It can't always center the need, necessity or the, the gaze, or what looks right to us as Black women. Sometimes we got to let men just be men. We have to let them handle their shit. Sometimes we have to take our hands off the wheel and let niggas figure their shit out. We can't sit here and say that all of these things and movements are, taking, are, are built up off the Blacks of Black women, and they are, but then when Black men try to take accountability and the reins for themselves, they say, oh, you're excluding women. Nah. At some point, we need to mind our business. And I say that with all love.
0: You not listen. I you not gonna get much argument from me, and that may disturb you because if I agree with you, you may have said something. Yeah, wrong. like bro, I said So what? The,
2: where did I fuck up? Because me and Calvin agree with each other said so that like, I didn't say something fucking stupid. What did I? Where did
0: I? But but I look at it like this. I look at it like this, right? I the. There's a phrase called imperfect allies That's stuck, that stuck in my head. And there's also a phrase like, what matters more to you, the journey or a destination? So we talk about imperfect allies. Imperfect allies. In war, in, in battle, in conflict, everybody who's on your side ain't going to be perfect. Everybody who's on your side ain't going to do shit exactly how you want it to be done. They're not going to get you exactly how you want to be got. They're not going to treat you exactly how they want to be treated you know what i'm saying but they're going to they're going to get close you know they're going to have they're going to do they gonna get almost there you feel me they're going to get 80 90% of the way there you have to decide what's what's a deal breaker and what's not right, right? And so you have to kind of decide what what's a you know what I'm saying? what's what's forgivable and what's unforgivable and make your own decision but everything can't be unforgivable because that you're you're defeating the entire purpose of community building if you if you if you shit, shutting people down for every time they right. misstep. you know what i'm saying that's the first thing the second thing is, when you talk about, like, it's not always going to look pretty, like, when you're, when you're the unlearning thing that you're taught, it's not always pretty. You ever see someone who had to learn how to walk? Yeah. Or who, had, it's not pretty. You feel me? They, it's, it's, it's actually quite disturbing and depressing. You know what I mean? Like, seeing someone having to relearn how to use their legs. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Take baby steps. hold on to the railing like all the time. You know what I mean? It's it's, 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 it's gritty. But they're learning a new process for teaching themselves something. The same applies here. Yes. Especially in a black male centered thing. For anyone who's not a black man, it's not going to always look pretty. It's not going to always look Comple- you know, like, you're, you're going to win sometimes, or like, ooh, like, I get what you're saying, but like, why did you have to say it like that? Or like, ooh, can you can you not say that? Can you not say that word? Like, I know you're trying to be, you know, good, but like, that, you know what I'm saying? But you have to understand it, like, the ju- is the journey more important or is the destination? Do you do you want niggas to unlearn the shit however they unlearn what's best for them, or do you want niggas to do it your way? You can have one right. or the other. You're probably not going right. to both. And yes, when, when we talk about when we talk about building, you know, things that are black men centered, they're going to be they're going to be exclusionary. And you know, what I'm saying it is what it is because you're because things centered for black women are also exclusionary. You're like, look, you can't sit with us. This ain't about you. You know what I'm saying? We're going back to the, <laughs> the, the the shut the fuck up right. argument, right? Like this ain't about you right now. Like you know, you can choose to watch, but be silent is similar over here it's like look this is this ain't about you right now we're trying to we're trying to get shit right for us you feel me we're trying to do better by y'all by getting shit right it's equivalent to the, equivalent like, to the
2: right emotional and, man cave like you know like you need a man cave
0: yeah if you got your man cave don't like don't you know what i'm saying like don't step in a man cave like just like just like every woman has a room or has like of the whole nightstand that you can't touch, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, it's equal, it's equal opportunity type shit, right? And it's one of those things where, especially we're talking about like quote unquote the movement, right? You want, you can't, and this is agreeing with you. You can't if you want things to stop being quote unquote built off the back of black women. You also have and then things like, okay, cool, I'll take over controls. Nah, you trying to you look at you trying to speak over the black woman? Like, well, do you want me? Do you want my help or no? Because if you don't want my help, I'll shut the fuck up. But also, you can't then say, why does a black woman have to do anything when you do not Exactly. Help. You can't. Again, is it, it Uchiwali or is it one mic? And so, that's why, and so you're not going to get a lot of argument from me on this it's like It's one of those things where we, if, we, if we want black men to do the work, we want black men to build things for themselves and not have to use black women to make themselves feel better. You're going to have to accept that some of these things are built aren't built are going to be for you. We're not going to be centered around you. We're not going to look how you want them to look. And we're not necessarily going to be exactly what you want it to be. And you have to be okay with that. Because, again, you can't... If you, if you don't want niggas to use your blueprint, you can't be mad when niggas don't use, consult you on shit. It is what it is.
2: If you're not... And, and I agree with that. I think, like I said, it's like a man cave. In my house, of course, like we had a man cave. I was not, or my mother, or the women of the house were not, not, we weren't unwelcome in the man cave, but we understood that when my dad was down there, that was him time.
0: I think the... It was like, don't go in there, rearrange right. and shit. Like, you, can you can come down you know there. It's, like,
2: it's, don't it's just... literally the equivalent. It was one thing, like, when I was married. We are, my bedroom was, I had a closed, of course my bedroom had a closed door, but I had to get through the man cave in order to get to our bedroom the way that, like, the way that we had redid the house, right? If he was down there and he was sitting on the couch and enjoying playing video games or watching movies or whatever the hell, um, I was welcome to come join him, but I need to become become a part of the room. You know what I'm saying? Not come in and disrupt what's already taking place. I'm not unwelcome, but if you're going to be here, you're going to participate in what's going on at hand. And I think as women, if we apply that logic to men creating safe spaces, Sis, you're not unwelcome in the space and maybe you should be maybe there's some things that need to be discussed just man to man maybe we don't need to take up that space maybe we don't need to i don't know but
0: I- it's, it's it's really just treat treat how tr- it's a golden rule right like treat yourself the way you would want to exactly. be treated and we know all the time how we talk about how niggas enter entering spaces for women and then trying to make the shit about them are trying to inter- interject and everybody's looking at them like, "Nigga, why are you? Oh, why, are why are you is here? you here. Shit, right?" But it, that that same energy, you know what I'm saying? Again, you know me. If I can't flip it and it makes sense both sides, I don't.
2: Right.
0: And so that same energy applies. It's like, look, if you want us to do the shit on our own and not quote unquote use y'all as a foundation and build it off of backs of black women, cool. But also like. Don't come in and start disrupting shit. Don't come in and start rearranging shit. Start saying, "Well, I think you should do it this way." But it's like, no, you gave up. You gave up your opinions when you told us to build a shit on our own. You feel me? Like you can come in. We, you know, we if we ask you, if I if you come in a man cave and he's like, "Bae, what do you want? What do you want to watch?" Or like, "Bae, like, you, you, are you hungry?" Like, you he can ask you, but you don't come in. It's like I'm bored. Like, this. <laughs> Don't you see him in the middle? Or of like you can go be
2: bored upstairs.
0: It, like, that's all it is. But no, I, go be bored in the like, bedroom. Like, go be bored Go be bored upstairs. Like,
2: like, go do that. Um, Calvin, would you like to end this on a positive note?
1: What's up, friend? Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Um
0: hmm. yes, this shit sucks, right? <laughs> 2020 is whooped. All of our collective asses, up, down, side to side, left, right. But um, as Beloved told me, this is, this is from her, I think for the remainder of the year, focus on wh- whatever small wins you can. 2020 may not be the year of a big win, right? It may not be the year, like, everybody can't, isn't, isn't in a position to kind of take advantage of this pandemic, right? Or, like, flip, make money moves or, you know, get their hustle up there. Niggas, some niggas are surviving. You feel me? I'm so, niggas. Take, take count of the little wins. You know, if you woke up and you're in a bedroom, that's a little win. You know what? If you went to Wendy's and they put 12 nuggets in your bag instead of 10, that's a little win. You know what I mean? If you, if, 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 if you were about to get your car washed for the start of raining and you ain't spending that money yet, that's a little win. You feel me? Just like little wins over the course of the day. If you were able to have a phone call with your homegirl, and that you caught up you you're, you feel fulfilled now like little wins I think we need to kind of make more focus of because we're going to see some big ass losses you feel me we have already felt big ass losses one I don't know a nigga who's had a good day since
2: March <laughs> but ooh I felt that
0: but if we have but, but if we have like just you know you focus on the little wins the little shit that kind of it, it should give you enough energy to get through the day so you can do it again. And so you can make little wins, maybe stack upon each other. And if, and if you have little wins continue to stack upon each other, maybe it equals a big win. Maybe it sets you up in a position where whenever this pandemic ends, you can take advantage of it. So focus on the little wins. That's my positive note for a week.
2: Um, do something nice for yourself this week, guys do something nice for yourself. If it's buying your favorite ice cream and not counting the calories or not feeling like you got thousand instead of that do that. If it's purchasing a movie, uh, you know, from home, if it's sending yourself or buying yourself your favorite flowers, even if it's the little things like paying off a credit card.
0: If it's sending a it new, if you, if, if, if making, the news make you happy, sending a new okay. this week. You know what uh, okay, I mean? Uh, like, make sh- make sure, make sure it's Ask for body other party, you no know, unsolicited nudes. But you know what? Whatever makes you happy, even if it's you know, looking at your own body, you're like damn, I look sexy as fuck today. You know, you know I mean? Th-
2: that. I'm after we get off. I have a I have a full makeup, and my hair, and I have not I have not stripped down for my day yet. I'm planning on taking a couple flicks tonight. I, absolutely, I feel kind of pretty today, and I think that's what my positive note is. You treat yourself how you want the world to treat you too, and I think that especially because. I've, I've spent the last couple of weeks beating myself up about some of my own decisions that it's time to make sure that I reinforce the fact that I'm only being as hard or you're only being as hard on yourself because you know what you deserve and you're hard on yourself so like you're not becoming that person that you promised yourself that you would be and when you indulge or you do behaviors that take away from being that greater self or having being that greater person so I want you. I task everybody, all of our listeners, all of our, our lawyers, supportive, love, to do something nice for you because you were still somebody that you should be incredibly proud of. So that's my positive note. It's your girl, Allie Nicole.
0: Ladies, the world may end tomorrow. Send that nigga a new tonight. It's your boy, C. Diddy. We are out. Tonight.
2: Peace. Peace. Baby, I'm
0: a toy. I'm going to stop my
1: spot. You caught vibe.